Welcome to 52 Weeks of Hustle. I'm Travis Apple, the host of this podcast. And after spending my entire career in the sports industry, I want to continue to find ways to give back. Give back to individuals that want to get in this business or individuals that are currently in this business that want to continue to excel at an elite level. For those of you who know me, hustle has always been important, hence the name. It's crazy. It's season four already. I'm going to have the privilege of sitting down with industry experts to discuss their career path. We're going to discuss three key topics that are currently in this industry, three hustle hot seat questions, and three pieces of advice, all under 24 minutes. Now, under our guests this week. Having a career in sports doesn't always mean you have to start in sports. Much of a career path is the learning experience along the way to help build a successful career. Our next guest did just that, and I'm excited to share his story as we welcome Taylor Traub, Vice President of Business Analytics at Illich Sports and Entertainment with the Detroit Tigers and Red Wings. Taylor, welcome to the show. Hey, Travis. Uh, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah, very excited to dive into your illustrious career. And you grow up playing sports. You went on to play collegiate baseball there in Oakland University. Was it always just a dream for you to work in sports? Yeah, I would say um, illustrious. I would say you're being overly uh, generous in an intro. Uh, but say, um, you know, sports entertainment sort of runs through my blood. Uh, my dad was a professional golfer. He spent a little bit of time on the PGA Tour. He was a club professional. My sister uh, works for Live Nation, and I'm incredibly proud of her and the success that she's had in her professional life. And you know, and I realized as I was winding down my college career um, that I wasn't, you know, you're delusional when you're an athlete. So you think you're going to be like making money playing for a period of time. And we finally come to the realization when that time is over that it's time to be an adult. Um, it can be a little bit of a tough process figuring out what that journey looks like. But in the in the back of my head, you know, cracking into the sports industry was always there. Right. And that that's something that um, it will. We'll talk a little bit about it. I took a little bit of a circuitous path to get into the industry, but I just needed to take some time to develop my professional skill set and be just thoughtful in terms of uh, how I wanted to crack in the industry and really like what I wanted to do. What position in baseball? Uh, first base and outfield. So I was a lefty lefty. So. Oh, nice. All right. Yeah. Well, so you, to your point of like understanding what you want to do, you, you receive a degree in English and marketing and then go on to receive a, a master's from the University of Michigan, which I'm an high state fan. So we won't talk a ton about that. <laughs> know that. Your, your first role out of college, you're an analyst with Robert, Robert Charles Lesser and Company, which is a real estate consulting firm. What made you take that opportunity? Yeah. So when I mentioned, I just used the word circuitous. I'll kind of break it down a little bit. First is, you know, what does that say about us at Illich Sports Entertainment that we have an English major running our uh, analytics department? So a um, little bit of fun there, but obviously like through my undergraduate path, the thinking was I wanted to go to law school, right? In my senior year, started to take some courses and prepare for law school and took a hard 90 and said, ah, I don't think this is quite the path that I want to go down. Um, I'm more business focused and furthermore, like I just know sports is ultimately where I want to land. So when I went to University of Michigan, I did a, a pretty interesting dual master's program. So I got into the school of sports, the school of kinesiology, which has the sports management program. In my first semester, I had a class with Mark Rosentraub and it was an amazing course. His life's work and his research focused on the viability and the public financing around sports stadiums and arenas. And that was, it was amazing. Like it just opened up my eyes to the intersection of really the power of sports entertainment, but politics, business, law, like everything that needs to converge finance uh, to create a new stadium and arena. 
Um, it's very interdisciplinary and it's a very challenging work. So I did a sports management master's and an urban planning master's through the school of architecture. So usually when I say that to people or talk to them, they're just like, you know, what the hell? Like, what is that? that fit? <laughs> yeah. And then I kind of tell them about that story and like, oh, that's interesting. So coming out of Ann Arbor, um, I went to RC Elko in Washington, D.C., spent four years in D.C. And RC Elko is a real estate specific consultancy. So when I left, uh, Janet Marie Smith, who's like a very, um, very well-known architect in the sports space specifically, she did a lot of amazing projects, spoke to our class. And it, what res- what she said that resonated with me is like, you're going to have a technical skill set. And then like, I didn't become an architect thinking I'd be a sports architect. I developed the skill set and then I slid in the side door. So that was always a, sort of ruminating a bit. And when I went to RC Elko, I was a consultant. So um Great firm, been around for a long time. It's like a boutique consulting firm that helps large-scale institutions deploy their capital in the real estate and capital market space, uh, and also works on you know very deal-specific work. So if Travis Apple sources a bunch of money and you're going to be doing a big mixed-use development, like they can sort of help you along that process. So spent about a year and a half there as a consultant. Um, very good training ground, I would say, consulting and something that I even look forward when I'm interviewing candidates, because yeah. if you're to, if you're going to flourish or perform at a, a high level consulting firm, it requires very high attention to detail. And typically as a young professional, you get thrown in the deep end fast and it's pretty sink or swim. So. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, kind of getting in thrown in that deep end after a few years there, you, you go on to work with the, the Bozuto group, another real estate company, and then you join Rocket Mortgage. And as you think back to some of those early experiences on in your career, what's when, one thing you know now that you wish you would have known back then? Uh, man, it's um very good question. So yeah, I left consulting, I went to the Bazuto group and moved over to the principal side. Um, an amazing experience, amazing company before my wife and I eventually moved back home where I worked for sort of Dan Gilbert's empire here in Detroit, Bedrock, Detroit, and Rocket Mortgage. Um, you know, I think in terms of like specifically to address your question, if, what do I wish I would have known back then that I know now is I'm very impatient and I like to move fast. And I'm very competitive with myself. And I think it's taken me a long time and I hope that I've made progress in this space, but to just like zoom out and understand that, uh, you know, invest in yourself through time and effort and just know that you're on the right track and like have confidence in that path. Yep. There's been a lot of moments where you're like relocating back and like that stems from the, my initial comment around like coming into the side door of the industry. Right. So there was a time I didn't really get into here until four and a half years ago and I'm 36. Right. So to me, that felt like an eternity leaving Ann Arbor and having that path before I finally kind of like got my cracks at the big leagues. Yep. You start to have these questions of like, is this ever going to happen? Like, you what's question the, you and, and yourself. like, what's it going to look like? Right. Like now I'm kind of timing myself out of any type of mid-level type positions at a sports organization. So, and I talk about this with like colleagues in our business analytics team is when we're having sort of professional growth and development conversations. And that's less about me as a boss or a leader and more about just me as a human. It's like, just trust your, trust your talent, trust your work ethic trust your likability and like take a bet on yourself over a long term. No, I love that. And it's a lot about, it's the confidence, right? It's the trusting in yourself and your abilities. And you just mentioned Taylor, just, you know, just over four and a half years ago, you joined Elliott sports and entertainment as the director of financial planning and analysis. <laughs> and, you know, throughout all your experience, even dating back from the university of Michigan days, 
how did those learnings from other industries help with that transition into the sports landscape? Good question. So it's like real estate, I would say. So that's where I, when I spend in consulting and private equity, um, real estate, similar to sports, in my opinion, can be a little bit dated in terms of it. It's like how it leans into innovation. When I went into the rocket mortgage side, when I worked in product strategy and data and technology and product development, that was a bit eye-opening in terms of how you can bring together many different disciplines to try to achieve a vision. And especially like a very vast organization like Rocket Mortgage, which is now publicly traded and had 20,000 team members at a time. So I would say, um, I think it's, you're seeing more of this in our industry of people coming outside of industry and coming into sports entertainment. I would say it's very healthy for our industry. You know, I think our, our industry has some like inherent challenges based on the cost structure of the business to really like go out and get top tier talent all the time. And I don't say that as like a negative. It's just, and I can like unpack that a little bit more if you want, but um, it's like, and I think that's across my comment around like that's been an ongoing discussion point. Yeah. It's like, it's the, it's the comment around taking practices from organizations that have been a little bit more on the forefront, whether it's in financial services or other areas and applying those same principles to my opinion, an industry where like we need to invest and grow. Right, and improve, especially around my discipline, which is data analytics and how we can use numbers to support the objectives of the organization. So, you know, we talked a little bit about in the preamble about like execution and the importance of it. So yep. I'd hope I would say that like my, the primary thing that I, I hope that I brought to the table is um, taking some of the things that we've seen in other industries that work and apply those same principles into our industry. And that hopefully can be like an accelerant, at least for Villa Sports Entertainment Platform. Absolutely. And Taylor, you know, you're now in, in the role as the vice president of business analytics and you with overseeing a team, not only are you working with multiple sports and entertainment properties, but also a variety of different business verticals. It's not just ticketing. It's it's not just sponsorship. We talked about prior to, to jumping on air here, parking and what that looks like. So how do your te- you and your team go about prioritizing tasks and projects that you're working on? Yeah, prioritization. Love the topic. Um ruthless prioritization roadmaps there's like specific words that resonate with there's me. buzzwords that's, that just keep going right one right and then like as i mentioned before see my earlier comment around like impatience and like competitiveness and wanting to go so you know i think um we formed the business analytics team in may of 22 so what is it? it's almost september of 2023 so uh, we haven't had that that long of a time to cook um I'm very proud of the work that we've done to date. So we're about 15 colleagues supporting all areas of Illich Sports Entertainment. Um, we have a very ambitious roadmap, so I'll use that word again, uh, in terms of building new, um, in terms of our own, like leaning into our Microsoft Azure platform. You know, we're clients of 601 Analytics, so love those, that group and what they've been able to bring to the table for us from a data engineering perspective. Uh, we brought on Stellar Algo to help us from a customer data platform perspective. Um, and we have, you know, continued ambitions to like further develop, I would say, our tech stack. In terms of prioritization, um, let me set some context on how our team is sort of structured. So we have a CRM vertical led by Mel Murray, who's supremely talented and does a great job. Uh, Dwight Eppinger oversees our uh, marketing and corporate partnerships analytics vertical. Uh, AJ Dombrowski, who's a recovering finance guy like myself, uh, mm-hmm. oversees like ticketing and operations. And I love that. I love that title. <laughs> yeah. And uh, then we just brought on a talented strategist. Her name is Megan Reith Miller. She's going to help us with our corporate 
planning process um, in terms of like helping all of our business units um, be more accountable and develop develop like robust business plans. And then we have another analyst, Mitch Burke, that we spun into a data science capacity. So uh, prioritization, if you think about like the standing up of our technology and then how I'm structuring the team laterally, like within each of those respective areas, um, we are prioritizing once we've gotten through automated reporting, like how can we drive business value the quickest with the least amount of effort? Yep. And it's a constant uh, evaluation. So we have tools in place where, Travis, if you are a member of the BAT, we call ourselves the BAT, you and I would be meeting, we'd be looking at your board, right, of backlog, in process, uh, what you're testing and validating and what's getting published and identifying like, what's gonna take the most or least amount of time and then how much value is it gonna be driving? And then how does it speak to like our overarching roadmap or vision? That's awesome. That's kind, of the, that's kind of the framework we use, obviously with the ticketing space, that's kind of like the quickest, that, you pull this lever, here's a dollar thing, but. Quick hitters. And I know, yeah. you know, in previous 52 weeks, also guests with, with Spencer and Amanda and Joe Shavi, you, you guys have quite some challenges working with them at times, I'm sure. Um, yep. Oh yeah. To, to say you the least, to, right? You want me to riff on each of them individually or like I think I think it's a collective thing. I think they, they should all realize that. Well, and and you know, Taylor, for you, as you think about over the last few years and a lot of different projects, what's that one most exciting project you've been able to work on? Yeah, I would say just in terms of um my time here at Illich Sports Entertainment yeah. or Yeah. Uh, I'll yeah. say like um I've had the opportunity. So like I joined an actually a uh, uh, financial planning and analysis roles when I made the recovering finance person. Um, <laughs> that was my side door was like, I had some finance skills. I saw this corporate finance position. I came in and in that role, I was focused uh, really on three verticals. One is monthly reporting that goes up to ownership. That was sort of like core blocking and tackling. The second is one of the things that I'm most proud of that I've, I've got to play a small role in is helping drive and stand up our uh, five-year plans for some of our businesses. And uh, that process was very rewarding because it was, I came from outside of industry and like month three on the job, I was tasked with figuring out what to do for the Red Wings. And uh, the cool part about that is like that got me exposure to not only the business operations side, but hockey operations and eventually baseball operations, which as an avid, you know, sports lover, like that was a very cool experience for me. Uh, and then thirdly, uh, I was focused a bit on data and analytics. So the, the thing I wouldn't, prescribe like a very specific project that I've worked on to date within that other than the standing up and the launch of the business analytics team and the success that we've had over, again, like probably less than a year and a half. Um, you know, our, our mission is to be best in class. I love my peers, but, you know, I challenge them. I want to crush them. And I want like this, this to be the best business analytics unit across sports entertainment. And I think we've like built a, a solid enough foundation that'll enable us to do so but we still got a we got a long way to go yeah we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Again, we're here on 52 Weeks of Hustle. The guest today, Taylor Traub, Vice President of Business Analytics at Illich Sports and Entertainment. And Taylor, let's get into three hot topics. Your question one, we've talked a lot about innovation and technology and the impact it has in, in with data and analytics in the sports and entertainment space. Over the next five years, what do you feel like organizations should be continuing to enhance from a data and analytics area? Yeah, when I was, uh, we were talking a little bit and I saw the five-year time horizon, I was kind of laughing because like depending on when I go on Twitter or X in five years from now, based on some of the people I follow, I think AI is going to be taken over and like, I don't know, for a round. Who knows? Yeah, I, yeah. Who knows, yeah. right? But um, Exactly. Yeah, I would say five years, Um, I'm going to see if I can make sense here. I Instead of taking this question and being more like kind of aspirational around it, I really think us as clubs uh, need to just again, take lessons learned from other industries and really focus on the execution piece, right? And so I think if we got a lot of smart people in a room like yourself and other folks around the industry, for the most part, we'd all align on like some very core innovations or like improvements to when somebody purchases a ticket and they park in their space and they get into the ballpark or the arena and they leave. Um, Like if we just think about that customer journey, like we just need to get better at that. And this goes to some of my earlier comments around like the cost structure of the club is challenging, right? So you have a, usually in most leagues, you got a pretty big fixed cost base with your player payroll. You have a fixed cost base with your uh, business operations colleagues. And then your revenue is variable based on team performance, even though like league revenues hopefully are just consistently growing. It's not like you and I are making a widget and you scale it and you just like explode and hit that hockey stick growth, right? So like, Club, club economics are tough. So, like, I think the clubs that do things well from a data and analytics and innovation standpoint are really scrappy and, like, understand the constraints and are able to pull in resources from different areas and really, like, hit the sweet spot on execution. So, you know, in terms of long-term trajectory, I just hope we're able to, as a whole, driving a great guest experience for everyone um, using data to help support that and ultimately like growing the game, right. Or, or growing the industry. Right. I completely agree, Taylor. And in question two, over the years, there's been a lot of discussions about finding ways to get to know, you know, from that lead nurturing is, is who is in the building from a data standpoint, what have you seen successful thus far? And, and what's that next stage of understanding consumer behaviors? Yeah, this, this is, a. Um... I can't say I have the answer to this, but we're in the throes of it. So I mentioned customer data platform, like that's a a bit of a trendy buzzword. We're in the process where we've stood up version 1.0 of that for us, which is a great milestone as we continue to make inroads and other data sources like CRM that will only enrich it. I think we're just at the forefront of understanding our customer base. Um, And that goes all the way from individual game purchase servers to season ticket members. Um, and so like 
if to the to the extent that we can get, and this is like not rocket science, these are very common themes that you see people in my seat or people in our industry talk about, but it's like really being thoughtful on what are our goals and objectives from a sales and marketing perspective and making sure that we can segment appropriately and really like append our strategies around those goals and execute against those. All right. So if say Travis Apple is a XYZ and he fits the sweet spot, like let's make sure we're doing the things that we said we could be doing to make sure that we're hitting them with the right message at the right time and driving sales and driving that like great guest experience I, I just mentioned. Yeah, no, absolutely. And question three, in addition to your busy career, you also go back to, to receive your MBA from the, from John Hopkins university. What's your advice to listeners on furthering their education? Yeah, that's a, I mentioned my path is a little bit weird. I would not necessarily tell everyone to, uh, invest as much into secondary education as I, <laughs> that goes back to like, I'm still trying to figure out what I want to be when I grow up. Um, yep. you know, one of the, the key messages when I talk to like younger folks is just own your story. So it's just, it's a path that's worked out for me. I don't necessarily think it would work at scale for a number of reasons. Um, and I think that kind of goes to my advice. Like when you think about education, just be very diligent about like what it is that you're trying to get out of that experience at where you are in your life. So, you know, we put a lot of pressure on people that are 16, 17, and then 18 when they get into college that they should know what they want to be for the next 30, 40 years at that age, which is, it's really ridiculous when you think about it. So, you know, my, my advice when I talk to people about like graduate programs is just be very thoughtful about like the, the investment of not only, money, which is often case it's significant, but like your time, which is the most valuable resource. And what are you trying to achieve? And I hope it's something that's not just, well, if I just get Johns Hopkins on a piece of paper and I hang it behind me, that like does that's something. My achievement. Me, right? Like that's not going to work, right? Like are those factors at play when you talk about secondary education? Sure. But if you can't back it up in terms of your performance and your accountability and your pace of play, like it doesn't matter because you're not going to win in the long run and the ROI on that degree is like effectively worthless. So right. it's very much, I think, on a case by case basis, which sounds like a bit of a cop out. But uh, yeah, know, that's my, no, my thought no, on it. Absolutely. Well, Taylor, what a great career, a ton of great advice and fun to hear about your journey. To close it out, I like to put a guest on the hustle hot seat. So you ready for this? Let's do it. If you had a boat, what would you name it? Oh man, I would aim at the, uh, or name it, uh, Emery and Brooke. Those just because those are my daughter's names. If you had to eat one meal for the rest of your life, what would it be? It's gotta be little Caesar's pizza. There you go. Good, 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 <laughs> good, good plug. plug. Good corporate. Good, guys gonna say that's a good corporate plug. There we go. If you, along those lines, you know, maybe it's the same, uh, same answer, but if you go to dinner with anyone, who would it be? Yeah, I think it's got to, um, let me, let me give the, the real answer. I don't know. I'm getting old and I think I'm getting soft in my age, but like being around my two daughters who are two and four, my wife, um, they mean a lot to me. And so we've, we've had some challenges with health over the last few years. So like if I, if I get a dinner, that's who I'm spending my time with. To close it out, what are three key takeaways you'd give every listener to be in your shoes one day? Ooh. Three key takeaways in my shoes. I, I don't know if they want to be in these shoes. Oh, they but, absolutely um, do. <laughs> I would say um, it's. I'll probably touch on a lot of the themes that we've already talked about, but it's. Um, you know, and this is just like overarching my philosophy on life. Is like you're going to get out of it what you put into it. So one is like you can't substitute 
hard work. You can't substitute attention to detail. You can't substitute um, when you say something and you're going to do something like you do it. Right. And these are this is not like some sort of secret sauce, but it's it plays out. Travis, you've been around like, you know, this is real stuff. So you know, you're going to get out what you put into it. One is what I think is underappreciated in the workforce, especially when you're talking about skills, is just being a good person and a team player. So we've had of the 15 colleagues I've mentioned, I'm very proud of the new colleagues we've been able to bring on board. And over Power BI and Python and data science, like one of the first things I asked myself when I'm sitting down with someone is like, is anyone going to want to sit in a room with you and work <laughs> with you to solve difficult problems? Right. Right. So you know, in terms of work ethic, the second is, you know, um, be a good person and don't, it's not a transactional thing, a networking thing. It's just make sure that you're trying to be the best version of yourself and you're sharpening that ax every day. And then thirdly, um, have fun, you know, just have fun, enjoy the moment, zoom out, take the long view and just be patient with yourself, especially if you're as neurotic and sort of competitive as I am. I love it. Taylor, thank you so much. What a great career. Always a pleasure talking to you, and I certainly appreciate your time and expertise. Yeah, thanks, man. I really appreciate it. Again, this is Travis Apple. Thank you for listening to 52 Weeks of Hustle. Please be sure to follow the podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. We'll be back next week with another industry leader. Have a great week. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.